Welcome to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. Every week, she's bringing inspiring guests to help you embrace motherhood the cool mom way. Emily knows firsthand being a mom is hard AF, but she's passionate that doesn't need to be the end of the story. Shift your perspective on what it means to be a mom while learning practical tips and mom hacks you can use right away. Stay you while nailing the mom game. That's what being a cool mom is all about. Class is now in session. Here's your host, Emily Kylo. Hello, hello, gorgeous goddesses. Welcome back to Cool Mom 101. I'm your host, Emily Kylo, back at it again with another fresh, juicy episode. So before we get to this amazing episode, I wanted to quickly chat about the confidence tip of the week, which was actually inspired by today's guest. So something we talked about in episode, which really rang true to me, and it reminded me to share it with all of you, is the idea that confidence, part of where confidence really comes from is being your authentic self and staying true to you. So only doing things that really align with you. And I just want to point out that, you know, I bring a lot of different people on the show and I have a lot of my own opinions about motherhood, about entrepreneurship, everything. And I just want to remind everyone that I am bringing on lots of different opinions and people with different experiences to offer those to you. And that none of this stuff is something you need to take as gospel. That's for everything in your life take the things that really feel aligned and do the actions that really feel at your core, like who you are. And that's always going to build your confidence. Okay, let's get to this episode. Something you all know that I'm very passionate about is taking care of women after they've had birth. So that postpartum care period, um, it's somewhere I really, really struggled and would do it differently if I do it again. 1000% I would do it differently. So for episode 40 today, I'm super excited to be chatting with Betty from New Beginnings Vancouver and Eddie and Roll. So that's right. She has two businesses, which is super cool. She's just a very kick-ass mama. So she's a mom of five. She has four girls and one boy. They're super adorable. So yes, in this episode, we chat balancing five kids and two businesses and how that shows up for her and what she does to keep everything on track. We talk why postpartum care is so important and what specifically someone like her at New Beginnings can help with. So what that postpartum care can look like. We also talk about breastfeeding and the many struggles that can come along with it. Don't worry though, there is hope. (laughs) There always is. But we talk about just the realness around it and why people should have, women especially, but everyone should have a realistic point of view going into it, if that's what you choose to do. But we also talk about how fed is best. That's really her perspective and I am with her. Uh, We also touch on trying to be perfect in motherhood and how social media has affected that. So I hope you love this episode. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to Betty and I have already told her if I have another baby, she's going to come and take care of me 1000%. (laughs) Um, She is just to me, she's really an angel the way she cares for moms. And it just, it makes me a little emotional to think about that time in your life if you've been through it. It can be so raw and just 
thinking about having someone like Betty and the way she cares and how deep that caring is. It's just, it's really amazing. Okay, let's get to it. Here is episode 40 featuring Betty. Okay, so thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show, Betty. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be on here. My pleasure. I knew I had to have you on have had to have you on from the moment Barb told me all about you and just all the amazing things you do. So very Aww, happy. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'm really I'm super happy to actually be on here because I've been following you and I'm like, oh, I would love to be on her podcast one day. And then you asked me and I'm like, yes, one of my goals down for 2020, even though it's been sucking so bad 2020, but I'm so, this is like my goal. So I'm like, yes, one great thing that happened. Amazing. And you take those wins wherever they come. That's what I think. <laughs> totally. I love totally it. agree. So we're going to jump right into the mom fashions. Are you ready? Yes. Super ready. What's the best part of being a mom? Okay, so <laughs> I'm laughing right now because people are going to be like, really? But the best part about being a mom for me is having five kids. Truly, it's, it's a real blessing. And since I was a young little girl, I've always wanted like a lot of kids. And that was my main thing when I met my husband. I was like, do you want more than three kids? Because if not, like there's the door, I'm out, you know, goodbye. Um, so that is a real best part about being a mom. Like I really love being a mom to five kids. It's not easy, but I'm truly blessed. So. Oh, I love yeah. that. Yeah. You and my sister in the whole different realm. She has four girls. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> almost your level. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting, right? Cause I have one boy and then the four girls. Oh yeah. That's so yeah. cool. So I, I lucked out to have at least one boy. So I was pretty happy. Yeah, but. I think like fun to experience. Me and my partner always say like, if we have another baby, our max is two, by the way. But if we have yeah. another one, um, it would be nice now, I think, to experience a girl. I'll be happy with anything, but um, yeah. it'd be kind of fun. <laughs> what is the hardest lesson you've learned as, now you're a mom of five, so you must have some good hard lessons for us. Yeah, but what's like the hardest one you've learned? Um, so the hardest lesson for me is being a mom to a teenager because it's such a whole new world right now. And I'm really trying to like understand where he's coming from, but then trying to be a mom, but then trying to like not be a friend, but be open. Like try to keep going back to my history of what it was like, and then just trying to change it up a little bit for him. So that's where the hardest thing for me is. It's not so much of being a mom of five, it's how do I raise a good human being? Like, you know, because nowadays I see so much and I don't want that, you know? So for me, that's what's really hard because, you know, at home we keep them so protected and then we let them out and then it's a whole different ball game. They learn all these things from friends, they get pushed around. So it's different, right? Mm -hmm. So that's really difficult. And I'm still learning every day. Like he's my learning tool. That's what I say to him all the time. I'm like, I learned so much from you as you learn from me. Like I'm just trying, you know? Absolutely. And I do think that's a very difficult balance 
you kind of toe the line of between being like you kind of mentioned being the parent because that's what you know you are you're the mom you're the parent Mm -hmm. but also not that you want to be a friend but you want there to be open communication like enough kind of dialogue open that they can right and I think that is I even think about that now and I'm not even there yet I'm like I just want to make sure that they feel comfortable coming to me because I think at the end of the day I would I don't really care what it is I'd prefer they come to me and I and I always say that from the beginning when he was like a little toddler I'm like tell mommy what happened you know like and from the first day he went to school I was always like you know tell me how your day was whether it was good or bad we'll figure it out you know and even now that he's in high school I'm like listen you're gonna get into some things but I don't ever want you to feel like you can't come to me we'll make it work you may get in trouble for certain things but we'll we'll solve that as it comes right but if you lie it's a worse scenario totally hide things or lie is just not yeah no not cool at all no so what is your daily ritual so is there something that with five kids just helps keep you kind of grounded um and brings you back to you that you do every day or most days so I really do my best it's not every day but it's starting to be mandatory since COVID hit of doing the more Mm self-care um so I do yoga for 10 minutes just like a quick stretch and get myself going 30 minute workout. If I can, I try to fit that 30 minute in. And then I start my day by having coffee. So I start at like five in the morning and then the kids get up at six 30. And then from there, it's like taking care of the kids, drop them off, do an hour to two hours of my work and then touch base with my clients. I schedule only three days of work with most moms. And then of course, you know, like with my products, it's a lot of work too, right? With planning everything. Absolutely. So I to not stretch myself too much, but it never happens, right? But if I fit in that little bit of self-care for myself, it gets me going for the day, for sure. Absolutely. And it sounds like your method or kind of recipe is to get up before your kids, so you're guaranteed. And I know that works for a lot of people. I have not taken the plunge there because my Leo tends to sleep until past seven, and I tend to wake up around six or six thirty. So I usually have I don't work out in the morning, but I usually have some time that I can meditate yeah. and journal and maybe do a bit of stretching, whatever my routine is. So yeah. some time at least. But I like your commitment to your mornings. Well, <laughs> it's some days I'm like I don't do it, but then if I don't do it in the morning, then I try to go for a walk because it's a lot in the day. Even if you have just one kid, I find it's a lot in the day, right? Because you're soaking in so much, but. I find if I just take 20 minutes for myself, I feel like a better mom, right? Mm-hmm. 1,000%. So yeah, I'm not perfect. There's a little bit of yelling that goes on sometimes. <laughs> We're all human. What are you most grateful for in your life right now? What I'm most, most grateful for right now in my life is like my family's health and my health. I'm like, that is my top thing. Like, I'm just so grateful for that. Absolutely. Okay, last one of this opening segment here. What is your why for your life? So what gets you up in the morning? What makes you create the things you create? What makes you want to help all the women you do? What's your why? Okay, so this was a hard one. I'm not going to lie. Everyone says this, and I love it. Every single person's like, 
gosh, this was a really deep question. <laughs> I was like, good. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, so last night I was, I, I've been reviewing like things like, you know, talking to myself because I'm trying to do like, I'm doing a whole new website and everything like that. Right. And so this has been kind of like hiding in the back of my head. And then you come along and you're like, so what's your why? And I'm like, oh, darn, it's come back to me. Like, so like, I almost had to like meditate it for a while because I'm like, what is my why? Like, what is my purpose for waking up every morning and doing what I do? And all I can think of is my family, like my kids. But my biggest why is a lot of people don't know, but I was a premature baby. I was actually very, very blessed to be in this earth right now because um, I was three months premature and there was probably no hope for me. Like, and the story that my mom tells me, like she looks at me every day and she always says to me, she's like, I just can't believe you're here. Like, cause it's so believable. Like I couldn't take formula. I couldn't have breast milk. I was on sugar waters for a while. It was a, a real touch and go. So for me, my why is my life, like to live a legacy, to help moms, to build a love for my kids. And so when I go, they have each other to love each other and to be beautiful people that I want them to be. Like for me, it's like, I do what I do and people think I'm crazy because they're like, why do you do two businesses and have five kids? I do it because I experienced it all and I don't want moms to feel that hurt and sadness and pain and feel that they're judged because no one should feel that they're judged, you know? And even though I had all the support that I needed, I needed someone outside. Someone who really like deeply hear me, like what I was going through because my son too was premature. Really? You know? Yeah. Um, my son was six weeks early. I had preeclampsia and I was, the reason why um, my two older ones are so far apart is because they thought I was going to have a stroke. Like they didn't think I was, yeah. So it was pretty scary. So I waited a long time because I was so scared, but it was my dream to have so many. So all five of my pregnancies were very difficult for me, but I had them. And um, the more I had, they got better, but I was just really sick through them all. But I just want that why to be my supporting moms, caring for them. And all my moms for the 13 years that I've been doing this, we are all friends like every single one of them, like we're just friends. And I just, I love that, you know, and that's what I wanted to build for myself and for what I have in my life. That's beautiful. And you're doing it. Yeah, I'm trying. Yeah, oh, you are. You're doing it, which is really cool because not everyone can will be able to sit here and say that they are living into their why. And that's part of why I like to ask this question for anyone yeah. listening. And not to put people listening on the spot, like if you have this, you're failing. I'm just saying it's something you should consider because it really, it helps guide all your decisions. And like you're saying, it's what's, you know, led you to have these two businesses and have five kids and support women the way you do, because it's all aligned with that. It is. It's yeah. everything that I've experienced, right? Absolutely. So let's go right into talking about your businesses. So what are they about and how did they get started? So, okay, first of all, how it all got started was, um, first I was a nanny for many years. So I loved being around babies since I was very young. My grandmother was actually a midwife in her small town in Europe. 
Um, she delivered all the babies in, in all, like all of Portugal in a small town where my mom came from, so in different little states. Um, so I guess I grew, I never got to meet my grandmother because she passed away, but I guess I grew that passion from her, from what my mom tells me. Um, but then as I had Ethan, everything was not what I thought it was going to be. Um, I wasn't a beautiful pregnant woman that was glamorous. <laughs> and, you know, so it was like, I struggled. I was in and out of the hospital. I just had the worst experience for all of them. And laughs, but you poor thing. Right? You know, like, I mean, some of the pictures were really good because I took hours to get ready as I was throwing up during all of them. But um, when I had Ethan, I remember it perfectly. Um, because then Ethan was in NICU, and then after three months of being home with Ethan, I remember my husband had shut the door to go to work, and he worked early in the morning until the night, and he would come home sometimes during the day to try to help me as much as he could, because he owned his own business, but I remember I was like, okay, bye, like, have a great day, with like a smile on my face. Bye, honey. Yeah, I'm like, I love you, I'm like, this is so wonderful, and I closed the door, and I bawled my eyes out, like, every day. I cried and cried and cried. And I was like, this is not what they show on TV. They don't tell you the raw motherhood. Why is breastfeeding so difficult? Why can't I figure out how to get him to sleep? Like, what is going on? You know, like, I just felt like, I know this is so hard to say, but I felt tortured because I couldn't get my, I don't know if I'm even allowed to say this, but I couldn't get my shit together. Like, I couldn't figure it out. Like. And it was hurting me so much. So the next week, I just like, remember, I grabbed Ethan, I baby wrapped him, and I started doing my why of what New Beginnings was going to be about. And for the first three years, I did it all for free. Like, I just started caring for these moms, reaching out to moms, like be going to the mall, seeing a mom struggle, helping her doing all these things that I wanted to do because of what I experienced for myself. The more kids I had, the more it pushed me to go to school, to learn more. I did my doula, I did my postpartum doula, I did breastfeeding, I did sleep consulting. I actually became very successful with sleep um, coaching before I even got certified because I was so passionate about it. Because right. I found that sleep is so important in order to get rid of a lot of the stuff that was happening with us moms, the anxiety and just falling apart. So that was the reason why I opened up New Beginnings because I wanted to support moms. I wanted to be their advocate. I wanted to not have their family, their friends, all these people telling them 700 stories. I just wanted to sit there and listen and be there and not with them even saying anything, putting a plate of food in front of them, showing them how to breastfeed and supporting them and saying, you know what, it's okay, that is best, you know, it's okay and we'll get through it. And that's why I created it. And with Eddie and Roll, I never went out in public. I was hiding all the time. Really? Because I had such trouble matching. And wow. all, it's not that, I mean, there's so many amazing products out there but it was hard for me. So many body parts are so different. I'm bigger chested. My babies couldn't latch right because I was flat nippled. And so a lot of them were like suffocating and, and I was like sweating. And I was like, by the time I was like trying to breastfeed, I was like almost naked because <laughs> it was like, I had to like try to figure it out. I was hiding in the car all the time because I didn't want to go out. 
you know, so I would go to the mall, go back in the mall, in the car, breastfeed. So I designed these nursing covers because I wanted it to be functional for moms to feel good when they were out. So this is why I carry these two passions because of my struggles of what I went through in my motherhood. Yes, that's amazing story on both of them. And that's really where innovation comes from often, right? I mean, it's all about solving a problem. So you created your businesses. That's what the definition of an entrepreneur is really. It's like you're solving problems, right? And so I think it totally makes sense. And they do kind of, you know, they go together. They work together for sure. Yeah, totally. So switching gears a bit, you mentioned, or we've mentioned that you're a mom of five. Okay. We also just mentioned that you have two businesses. So aside from making sure you get some time to do your own kind of self-care, make sure you're taking that time in the morning you spoke about, how do you really juggle all those different things? <laughs> She's like, I don't know. <laughs> all right. With my eyes closed. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm super blessed because my, my husband is like awesome and he runs his own business. So he kind of knows what it's like. And so we tag team each other a lot. Um, he's very hands-on. So I'm super, super lucky because when I need him, he's there for me. And when he can't be, my mom is my rock too. Like she helps me out so much. Um, they're always there for me. My parents, they totally help me out whenever I need them. And I, like I said, you know, for me, my kids come first and I try to go no more than four days of my work, like seeing moms um, with my products. I sell everything here in Vancouver, but everything gets done in Mexico. And I'm really lucky because I have family friends there. So they pretty much do everything out there for me. I just send everything. We go over it all and the production is pretty much handled by them. So that's really nice. And I'm super, super blessed because I have to not worry too much about things over there. Um, so I try to, before I do anything, put a lot of to it I'm very structured person I need a schedule mm. my kids are on schedule so I have to be on schedule and since COVID there's a little bit not too much of a schedule <laughs> I, feel, I don't like this no schedule yeah it's been going crazy for me but I have five kids and I make them help me I'm like my older ones everybody has chores in the house down to even the toddler like she already knows how to make her bed like it's everything has like we all have to help. Yeah. So we do a lot of meal prepping. We like everybody has tasks to do, and they all know that when I have to be at work, they all have to help each other, so that I can do what I need to do. Totally. So it's cool because it sounds like you've not only set it, set up kind of, for lack of a better term, the philosophy of your family is that you're a team. It sounds like mm -hmm. and. Well, help each other out and then you've logistically set that up for success so making sure that there are certain tasks people know they're responsible for there's yeah. a schedule when you can have it <laughs> so yeah. it sounds like that's a really good formula um yeah. kind of keeps most things on track anyway yeah for sure I'm sure it gets wild sometimes, but you kind of touched on this earlier too. I mean, it can get wild with just like the one kid, depending on the other circumstances. So, you know, do what you can. <laughs> For sure. And like, 
there's days that I just can't get anything done and I have to accept it. It's just like, that's the way it is. Where before I was so hard on myself when I couldn't get those things done, right? And people always say to me like, wow, like how do you do it with five? And I'm like, how do you do it with one? It's, we're all in the same boat. It's just, we try to do what we can in the day, you know? Totally. Get to those main priorities. I think that's something that helped me too, is just, because I was such a, I still am, but I was like very high functioning type A person. So when you first have a baby, you cannot get the same amount done, not even close. And so I think adjusting my expectations of myself was really helpful. And it sounds like you've done something similar because you just can't, and there's no point in beating yourself up about it. Totally. I totally agree. But a lot of moms you'd be surprised really do that. Yeah. I, you know what I say now, I don't know your thoughts on this, but for postpartum, so, you know, those beginning few months, I strongly believe as a mom, so anyone who's a new mom or has a new mom friend, I strongly believe that your only job should be to rest and heal yourself and try to feed the baby, whether that's breastfeeding or bottle feeding. I, those to me in my humble opinion, should be your only to-dos. Yes. And I think we, as a North American culture in particular, have really missed the mark on that. Uh, I think we are lacking in the support that women need postpartum to to facilitate that they only have to do those two things. I think we're not really supporting them the way they should be. And it's, it's even harder now from 13 years ago when I had my first because it's social media and comparing and all these things that drive us crazy, right? And that's even for businesses too, right? And so that's where I like, I always, you know, when it comes to taking care of my moms in postpartum, I tell them the three rules. Week one, you're just resting. Mm-hmm. And, take, and feeding the baby. That's all you're doing, and you're doing that all in your bed. That's the first week. Second week, we walk around the house, we get to the sofa, and we still feed just the baby, and that's it. And the third week, we take a little walk outside. You know? But it's like little baby steps, because I feel like now it's like, put on makeup, give birth, do all these, like, and it's like, no, 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 you just gave birth. focus on that little part there right in all your years as a mom and then uh supporting women as a postpartum doula in your business what would you say is really the importance of postpartum care like why should we care about this and what are some ways that we can better support um moms who have given birth So I always think, and what I always tell people, um, you know, a lot of people come to me and they ask me like, what would be a great gift to give a new mom? And I say, I always say this, give them, get a bunch of friends together and get that, that new mom or any mom who's even having her second, a postpartum care package. Because I feel like even though you have a lot of family and friends, Having a postpartum doula care for you in the way that you need is so important because I feel that when I enter a home, when a mom just has their babies, I see the moms blooming more 
and more confident and more relaxed because they have someone to like lean on someone who's been through it but someone who's guiding them in the right way like when you don't have that postpartum care and you kind of go home no one gives you a manual and says here like take this book and read everything when you get home with your baby look i mean meanwhile you don't even have that time for it good luck yeah (laughs) like when you go home you're 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 stressed You, you know is he is the baby peeing is it pooping how much do they need to do how do i bathe the baby what do i do for skin to skin you know, it's all these things that I feel like that's where postpartum depression comes, right? It's not only the chemical imbalance of it all, it's that feeling alone, you know, feeling scared. You know, just this past week, and you know, the mom and I have a great relationship, but like day three, she already discovered having clogged ducts because she didn't know what to do with breastfeeding. And even though the courses she took, she thought she had it when she got home, you know, and just, you know, I've been doing a lot of, you know, FaceTiming because of COVID right. and just helping, like talking to someone, showing them the right way. It's been helping them get that real support that they need. Absolutely. Right? And, you know, from personal experience, I know all of what you're saying to be 1000% true. And I bet that there's research, I haven't found any, I should look, um, but research around women who have some sort of postpartum support. And I would assume you're going to find lower levels of postpartum depression, higher success rates in breastfeeding, if that's what they want to do, probably a better relationship with their partner if they have yes. one. Like, I think you're going to find all those things. And, and that's really important because one thing that I just want to really address is that when I say about it's, a, it's amazing and I make this very clear all the time, you can have family that supports you, but sometimes with family, they bring their history in or they shrug it under the carpet like it's nothing. And then that's when postpartum hits because no one's listening to actually what that mom is saying. And it's not even just postpartum for moms, it's dads. Mm -hmm. Sit there and you're like, so what do I do? Like, does she just take over everything? Like, what do I do? Like, I see dads go through it. You know, where they're trying to help, but they step away because they're too scared to do what they're, you know, that they don't want to interfere. And so it's like, this is why postpartum aftercare doula really helps with all that. It involves the entire family. You know, it brings the dad closer to the wife to help understand better with what the wife is going through. Right? So these are really important factors. And I'll say from my personal experience too, I've only been through this once. And as we talked about, that's like my biggest regret is that I didn't hire um, postpartum care. To be fair to myself, I didn't really know that I would need it. And this is why I thought it was so important that we have this conversation and talk about it because you focus often so much on the pregnancy and it's all about the baby. And then the baby comes out and they're like, I don't give a shit about the mom. You were the vessel. Can't you just feed the baby and put, like you said, put your makeup on, do your Instagram post. And it's like, no, you effing can't. Um, But I think in my experience, just in relation to the family piece, like I'm very lucky that I have a ton of family around, helpful partner. Um, But even with them, I felt a little bit, my sister was very good because I I could say exactly what I was feeling. Like I could tell her, I I could say things like, I feel regretful. (laughs) In the very beginning, like I feel regret. Like why the F did I do this? And she's like, Mm -hmm. don't 
I felt like that too. And then you, you, you are like, okay, she had three more kids. This must be, it could be normal. Like it's okay. Um, I think too, with some of the other family members, I would kind of like say that I was feeling lonely and it was kind of a little bit like, oh, you're okay. Because maybe that's how they approached it. And that worked for them just to kind of quote unquote, suck it up and move on. But for me, I'm like, I don't, I mean, I rarely feel lonely and I just felt really lonely. Like, can someone, like, I just remember feeling so relieved when my mom would even come over for like two hours, just to literally have another human being beside me. Right. And someone to like talk or, or your husband comes home from work and you're like, and they're like, holy, like you shut up for five seconds. You're like, no, cause I've been with this baby all day. All effing day. Yeah, with no feedback. And I'm not trying to scare women who haven't had a baby yet, but here's the thing. You're with this baby, you're exhausted. I'm talking about like right after like, you know, the first month or months. You're exhausted extremely. Your body's healing. No matter how you gave birth, there's an open wound that your body's trying to heal. Even if you if you had a C-section, vaginal birth, whatever. So you take those factors and then you add in that your partner, if you have one, they might you know, have just been at work all day at a long, stressful job or whatever, long, stressful day. They've been talking all day. They don't really want to talk when they come home. They want to chill. But you are like struggling and need that human connection. And like, I remember those moments where I was like, this is horrible. And there's actually nothing wrong with your partner or either of you. It's just that you're, you as a mom are missing some key things, which like we talked about, some of to care for you. And I also would say the postpartum care, which I'm understanding is so important too. It kind of reminds me of how, um, you know, some people might want to go see a marital counselor or relationship counselor because it's an unbiased point of view. I know that's not the best example, but it just made me think of it as we're talking. It's like, they don't have any bias. They really genuinely want you to, to work well. And I think with you and what you offer is that you can come in and see it from that unbiased perspective and really like serve the mom and the baby, mom first, I think, and then really see what those are without any judgment or attachments to the family that, like we said, other family members will have. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that's really important. And I love to get to know my families before the baby comes and just get a feel of what the mom's expecting so that we can take a little bit of that expectations away, you know? Because for me, I like to tell my moms a little bit of, about the raw and what they're going to actually experience when they come home, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's better that way because I don't want my moms to come home and be like, oh, like it, it's <laughs> that way you know you, you just just I mean because you've had one and I've had five even for myself because people are like oh you were probably so no no I came home with every one of them and struggled the first six weeks you know and it's just because that's the way it is for us moms you know and I did get some help and that was good for me you know I took my hat off and I got the help that I needed because I know how important it is, you know, and we shouldn't feel alone and we shouldn't feel like we're being judged. And it's not bringing someone to come into your home to tell you what to do. It's someone to come into your home and guide you and be there for you when you really need that person the most. Absolutely. I think it's one of the most 
amazing things to have someone like you. I just, I feel like what you're doing is just changing the course of women's lives, which when you think about it, that actually changes the course of that child's life too. Yes. yes. So this is why I'm so passionate too about moms and especially in that beginning time is because you have to realize that anything that she's experiencing and this isn't to put pressure on moms but it does trickle down to the baby right so yes, keep that in mind yeah a baby sense everything that you feel kids in general sense everything that you feel right so that's why it's really important and that's where i think a lot of that anxiety and stress and then you know when I come in and I see a lot of moms and their their babies are like crying and crying and crying and I pick up the baby and take the baby it's quiet right I know <laughs> they're like oh that's perfect oh man another thing that is so hard and I am glad that I kind of had talked about it with different people before so I kind of knew that it was probably gonna have challenges, but is breastfeeding. And I still think there are a lot of women who go into this deal thinking breastfeeding is just gonna be easy. It just whip out a tit and there you go. That's not how it goes. No, no. So can you talk a bit about why you think that perception is still here and like why it's not talked about more, those challenges? So first of all, I'm gonna mention that fed is best because I want every mom to know that whatever decision you make, it is the best decision for you and that baby and your family. And that's always important for me when I meet my moms. Um, second, when I have a mom that is very like breastfeeding and she wants to breastfeed and that is it, we really get into the details about breastfeeding. I talk about flat nipples, inverted nipples. Have you even heard of those things? Yeah, I have now, but. <laughs> yeah, but, but it's not talked about a lot, you know? It's not talked about that if you're a bigger chested woman, that when you get engorged, your nipples go completely flat and then you can't get that right latch, oh. right? There's so much that I feel that they don't address or they don't mention that when you grab a baby by the head and you place it onto your breast, the baby automatically turns off from the breast because right. it's being pushed, right? There's special ways of holding your baby's head when breastfeeding. You know, I always recommend the, the breastfeeding made simple. Mm, this is a, the, an awesome, awesome book. Um, it's so good because it tells you so many natural ways about breastfeeding and I really learned a lot with it. A lot of moms don't realize that, you know, obviously right now it's a little bit different with COVID because you're not allowed to have any visits. So a little bit of breastfeeding has become a little bit more successful because moms are more one-on-one -on -one with their babies. Nice. They're getting to like really do that skin to skin with their babies, building that connection with the babies, which is so important. But no one tells you that, that the first 24 hours of when your baby is born, that baby should constantly be on your skin so that baby can follow the direction of getting to your breast and actually latching on and breastfeeding, right? But with all the visits that come in, that all gets missed. Right. Because right? not every woman is also going to feel comfortable just laying like kind of naked while someone's, which is understandable. Right? <laughs> yeah. And like breastfeeding has a lot to do with like, no one talks to you about the engorgements. What do you do when you get engorged? You know, like 
what do you do when you're, okay, I don't even like saying this because my toes like crinkle, but what do you do when your nipples get raw from not getting, right? Yeah, because I had that before the milk comes in, which just to let everyone know, I'm sure that's common when it's just the colostrum and you're breastfeeding. Then once my milk came in, it was okay. Yeah, it was bad week when they're like trying to get that right suck in but they're not getting it and they're just sucking the nipple skin off and breastfeeding honestly it's such a beautiful thing but I always tell my moms I'm like so this is a relationship like let's make it that's what it is it's like you're building this relationship you're getting to know it and this is the Mm -hmm. way it goes you know And so we make a good laugh about it, but I teach them a lot when it comes to breastfeeding because I think there needs to be more breastfeeding support, you know? And I don't feel like there's enough of that in the hospital because nurses are so overwhelmed with what they have to do that they can only guide so much for moms. And when you go to the hospital nowadays too, it's very rare that you can even get a lactation. It's so hard to get the lactation to come in right yeah and when you do get a lactation consultant in it's not for a very long time right Mm -hmm. and there is so many amazing lactation places to go to but i feel like if you can connect with someone and you get out there and you really talk about it then it gets to be better and that's why i constantly get on to stories and i talk about breastfeeding i talk about how to latch on the struggles the real rawhood because i want moms to know you know, that you have to learn a lot about breastfeeding before you make a decision. And if you do make that decision, it does take a lot of work. It took you know? a lot of work. And I'll say, I have a whole episode on my breastfeeding journey. It's like a solo episode. Yeah. So I go through all of my challenges and I'll link it in these show notes for anyone who's interested. But I, even having quite a lot of knowledge, um, I worked with midwives and I was very passionate about wanting to try to breastfeed if it would work for me and my baby. So I had done, I'm a researcher, so I had done quite a lot of my own research on it. Plus I had, which this is key too, not to take everything they say as, you know, fact, but talk to your family members because my mom and my sister both had mastitis. So then I knew certain things to look out for. So I was very on high alert for like the clog, clog duct situation. Yeah, um, which I did get a bunch of times, but luckily because I had talked to them, researched it, and I did end up working with a lactation consultant as well. But because yeah. of those things, that's why I was able to deal with it. Otherwise, I think I would have been effed. Yeah, so. and, but how many women don't do that? Mm-hmm. Like, so for example, for me, I had a breast reduction because I was big chested since I was in grade four, grade and four. so. Yes. And so when I made the decision to have this surgery, I, ha- I wanted to make sure that I was still able to breastfeed, but I didn't realize the struggles of it. Right. So when I had my first two, I wasn't successful. But then when I took my breastfeeding courses, I had to find ways to help bring in my milk. And then I was able to do it, but I was more patient to understand that it was going to take a little bit more time. But moms don't go that way it's true what you said in the beginning moms just think like when i come across it's like so have you thought about breastfeeding oh yeah just you know i'm just gonna see how it goes i'm gonna try it yeah and then they get so heartbroken when it doesn't go their way yeah i think there is such this 
picture of perfection when it comes to motherhood that we're dealing with that I think it trickles down into things like breastfeeding too, where they think a lot of moms, I know there's a perception that like, oh, well, I'm a mom now. It should just be easy for me. I'll just, you know, roll over and breastfeed and that'll be it. But it, it just, it really is difficult. And I think that's the message we're getting across. And if you have the right support and information, it can make it a lot better. I did get to a point where I was like, okay, I enjoy this a lot of the time. Yeah. I never loved it personally, but everyone, you know, everyone has their things. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, I loved it. And then I didn't love it when they started biting and then doing all those things. Like, I mean, I applaud to those moms that breastfeed up to two years old or too close to a year. I stopped at like 10, 11 months. And that was my decision and I was happy with it, you know, but yeah, I'm just finally back to myself now after three <laughs> years. So I'm happy. I'm like, these are, my these are like healed back to itself. Right. Absolutely. And Leo, um, I was planning to breastfeed until basically whenever, like I was, I knew the average again, I did a lot of research. I knew the averages. If you let the baby self wean is somewhere around two years for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Leo self-weaned at 11 months, and I'm telling you, I was very happy about it. <laughs> Me too. I was like, cheers. I was like, great. Yeah, and You're he decided. I tried to feed him for over a week. I kept like every three, three, four times a day whipping it out, and he literally was going like this. I was like, okay. Oh my God, that's so cute. I know. I was like, I'm not forcing this in there. No way. I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Boom. So yeah, I just, I do want women to know it's, it's totally doable if it's going to work for you and your, and your baby and your family, like you said, but also mm -hmm. like fed is best. And if it's like ruining your mental health, it's not worth it in my opinion. Yeah. And I always, the last thing say is that the husband should totally be behind the mom because that also is so important because you know, when husbands don't support the moms and they're like, that baby's hungry, just feed a formula, just feed. They have to be patient and give the mom that time to work through what she needs to get worked through, you know? And that's again why postpartum doula is so important because she helps guide that dad to better understand that, you know, not in front of the mom, yeah. but to the, you know, it gives them a better understanding. Oh. That's so good. Yeah. Well, before we get to our final lightning round of questions, I want to really acknowledge you for all the amazing work that you're doing. You, to me, are basically an angel. And I've said oh. this, if I have another baby, you're 1000% going to come help me because that was my biggest miss. Um, so I just want to acknowledge, like I said, the amazing work you're doing because you're affecting so many moms and therefore so many families in this world. And it's just really beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that. I, it's my goal to help as many moms as possible. And I just want to say this, like, it's not only because I do this because it's my work and it helps provide for my family, but you know, I also do it for moms that, hello. Oh, sorry. That really need me. You know, when I know there's a mom that really, really needs me, I'm there. That's who I am you know, and people who have hired me or who know me, that's, they know that that's what I'm like. It's my passion. It's, it's my, my true identity. And that's where I say when I live a legacy, I, I live that legacy because 
I want everybody to know what I did was because it was my passion. Yes. And it really, really shows that I can tell just the way you are, that you really are living into your why. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing and beautiful to see. Thank you. You're so welcome. Okay. Lightning round. Favorite book. Okay. So I love this because I'm not really into books that much, <laughs> but I'm doing the audio now because I just don't have time. That's good. But, but another one thing to go back, you know how you say like, how do you juggle things? How do you like structure? I'm also in an accountability group with a bunch of local moms. Um, you know her, Barb from Arknack yep. Community. And so we're into like these really get into books to help us build our success in our businesses. So right now, We've been reading books, but this book I've come across that they've actually introduced, and I'm loving it. And I think every mom or woman should read this. It's called The Chillpreneur. Ooh. It's awesome. It really talks about a mom that owns her business and how she should maintain her life. It's really great. It's just one of my favorite books. Amazing. Okay, that sounds yeah. great. I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah, uh, it's really cool. What's your drink of choice? <laughs> Pina Colada. Mm, I love that. <laughs> it's funny. I've had a few margaritas lately in a yeah. row. And I was like, no, I want a margarita. <laughs> so you're going to say to me. I love it. It's my favorite. Uh, do you have a favorite podcast right now? Okay. So I love listening to yours, of course. It's been my goal to be on it, too. Uh, I like Oprah's, too. I've always been a big fan of Oprah. I just love the way she speaks. Pretty much that's it right now for all I, that I like to listen to. Um, it's quite, you know, for me with my girls, I like to get them to listen to that too because I think it's really important. Yeah, so, that's a great idea. So, yeah, so those are my two faves right now. Love it. Um, what's your favorite TV show or movie? <laughs> oh my God, you're going to laugh. I just got into it. 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> No, I know a lot of people who like it. I don't, I think I would. I don't even know where to watch it though. Like, is it on, where do you find it? On TLC. It's on Sunday nights, but it's just so funny. It's just a good, like, tune out anything and just have a good laugh, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. I like a good, like, I like a good reality show. I usually have yeah. a rotation. I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, it's because I want what you're saying. Like, I just want to tune yeah. out have fun and whatever because all day long I'm like working reading books listening to podcasts and then it's like I just want to turn off for just an hour so yeah. I have a few in rotation um I like the housewives I'm a big fan of like that mm -hmm. whole I love housewives. sometimes it can get too catty where I'm like no I can't be bothered that what you complain about when you have everything <laughs> yeah no but it's a good it's a good um almost lesson and reality check because you're like oh my goodness like you can complain if you want to complain. You can complain yeah. if you have million dollar houses, trips every week. You can be a complainer, right? Yeah. Or you've exactly. ever seen you go somewhere where it's not as well off of a country as us and people are very happy on average. So yeah. I think you make that choice. Totally, right? <laughs> Good reminder. <laughs> Favorite place you've traveled? Okay, so of course there's so many, but my absolute favorite is Mexico in Guadalajara where my like family friends are. It's our ideal place to be. Mm, I love Mexico. I just, I love the people. I love the culture. I love the food. Me too. And the beaches. I'm like, a, I love the ocean. And there's just, yeah. It's just, it's just, 
Yeah, people get so like, what? You're going to go there? Do you know what happens? But I mean, I go into the heart of Mexico because where Eddie and Roll is, the production is done. It's in a tiny little town. And I actually support two local moms there. They design all the Eddie and Roll products. And it's in my family friend's factory. And it's just, it's beautiful. Like, I love that my kids can see how kids just play with sticks and rocks. And it's just very normal lifestyle that they live. And I don't know. I just feel like every time I land in Mexico, I'm like, oh, I'm home. Like, I love it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not the safest place to be, but it is beautiful, right? We're not safe here either. I don't know. Maybe I'm a little, some might think this is a naive perspective, but I think that you can find unsafe situations anywhere you are. So it's just being smart about it. And I mean, I've traveled all over. And when I was going to Brazil, because my partner's Brazilian, people are like, you're going there? And I'm like, yes. Like, (laughs) I don't know what to say. Yes, I'm going there. Anyway, so yeah, people have. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you could jump on a plane tomorrow, you can tell I love travel, where would you go? Um, to Mexico. To Mexico. <laughs> I think I know her answer, which I love. Yeah, it would be pack up the bags with the kids and go. And we just actually, before COVID hit, we were there for my daughter's godmother's wedding, which was like stunning. And so it was really nice. But like we, we go twice a year. It's a family vacation that we do with the kids. And, you know, we always do that with the kids because that's our real, like, even though I do a little bit of work there, but it's our real soak up, like, this is family and we're with our family and friends and we just, we love it. The kids love it. My husband and I love it. It's just, it's, it's our home. It's, it's everything to us. Sounds Not that We don't want to hop on a plane and go to Europe too, but Mexico, <laughs> it's yeah, my niece. Go to Mexico. <laughs> Okay, final question. As you probably know, confidence is something I'm very passionate about because I think confidence is what gets you to go out and start two businesses like you have. (laughs) Um, It's what makes you tell that potential partner, like, if you don't want more than three kids, I don't want you. Um, So it's very important, in my opinion. So I'd love to hear what does confidence mean to you? So this is a hard one for me and when you asked me this I kind of like broke down a little bit with it because all my life it's been um I have um very um dyslexia and um so through my life of my childhood and growing up with school and everything I struggled a lot and back then it wasn't really um set in stone what it was all about so I had to teach myself a lot with everything I was told that I was not going to be anything that I wouldn't succeed in life that I was to have an average simple life and that's where my confidence kicked in and I was like I'm not going to say the word but I was like "Uh uh-uh be you and I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen and I did I finished my high school, no matter how hard it was. I went to college. I got my um, certification degree in um, early childhood education. Um, And then I was a nanny for many years, traveled the world. And for me, it's like, I believe, and I tell this to my children, when a challenge comes on, you fight that challenge. When that fear hits you, you beat that fear because that's what makes you a good person. That's what's gonna make you stronger. You know, I've always had trouble executing things, but now it's like, 
I'm executing it and that's where it's going to be. And I always say to myself, and this is something really big in our family, especially to my kids, if you fail, ask your question this, why did you fail? And what are you going to learn from it? And that's where my confidence levels really boost me. And that's what I ask, tell myself every day, you know, and I do what I do because I don't give a shit about other people. I don't care if people make fun of me for having five kids or put me down or say their comments that they say. This is my life. This is what I choose. And if you don't like it, the door is there. I don't have time for cattiness. I don't have time for crap. You know, I'm here to be loved and to love people. And that's who I am. Right. And that's why I have the confidence that I do because I believe in who I am. And if you have that, you can do anything in this world. That's exactly it. I'm with you 100%. And that was a really amazing answer. And something I always talk about, which is exactly what you said, is one of the best ways to build your confidence is to challenge yourself, right? Yeah. If you're sitting around doing the same things every day, it's hard to build confidence. But if you go out and you try something new, even if you fail, who the fuck cares? You did something, you moved forward and you tried it. You know what the great thing is? If you fail, you probably just have learned something. I always say either win or you learn, so. And, and that's the thing, it's like, you know, it's harder nowadays because of social media, right? For so long, I'm like, I didn't want to go on stories. I'm, I was getting myself all pretty and, you know, I mean, I'm looking pretty nice today because I got to go back to work, you know? But it's like, but now it's like, you know what, no this is who I am, you know, this is what I'm going to talk about. If you don't want to follow me or you don't like me, get along, like get to the next page, you know? And it was like that for so long where I was constantly worried about other people because of what my history was like in the past. But this is who I am. And I tell that to people, you know, this is who I am. I'm not ashamed of it. I've worked to forget who I've become and that's it. And I believe that I was meant to be on this earth for a reason and I'm not going to waste any time while I'm here. No, right? no time for bullshit. No time. I don't <laughs> like, sorry, I dealt with that in high school. I'm not doing that in my, my age that I am in my Heck 20s. No. <laughs> well, you are just a beautiful soul. And I want to thank you again so much. This was so lovely. And let's tell everyone where to go follow you. Where's the best place to catch up with you? So you can follow me at New Beginnings Vancouver on my Instagram, as well as at Eddie and Roll. Um, my website will be down for new beginnings because I'm revamping everything and there's so much new coming to it. So stay tuned. But if you want to reach me, you can reach me at Betty at newbeginningscanada.ca. Awesome. Yeah. If anyone's looking for that postpartum care, she like a literal angel. I can tell and I haven't even worked with her yet, but I just know people who have and said she's amazing. Uh, thank you again so, so much. I'm so grateful thank to you and we will catch up soon. Thank you for what you do and for addressing it. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. I also love what I do. So <laughs> I know you can tell too. That's why I follow you because I love your, your passion and your drive and what you talk about. And I think so much more people need to hear that. And that's why I tell my girls, you need to listen to this because you're going to be the next up there. Next gen. That's you're right. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you again. Thank you. Take Bye. care. Bye. Thank you for listening to Cool Mom 101 with Emily Kylo. If you liked our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.